The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air, and it's time to do some Monday morning quarterbacking with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach, and former Wildcat signal caller, Freddie Maggard, live from Wild Eggs in Lexington. It's time to send your questions to Freddie. Tweet at Leach Report, or you can email to leachreport at gmail.com. And you can always call toll-free at 877-904-1080. It's all Wildcats, all the time. Served up on the Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report at Wild Eggs. Now, here's Tom and Freddie. And we're on location at the Wild Eggs in Hamburg for today's show. We certainly hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Because if you're a Kentucky fan, it sure did go downhill after that. But hopefully it was a nice Thanksgiving uh, in these crazy times, however you were able to celebrate it. Uh, coming up today, uh, Freddie Maggard is here for our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback show. So we'll talk uh, a lot of Kentucky football. We'll uh, get into the basketball game as well here uh, in just a second with some uh, sound bites from Coach Cal after the game as uh, it was just a, a rough weekend for Big Blue Nation. Uh, if you have questions for Freddie, you can uh, tweet them to me at Tom Leach KY, or you can email LeachReport at gmail.com. So let's get right to the Wildcat news of the day. Richmond upsets number 10 Kentucky at Rupp Arena, 76-64. to I was looking at the numbers and preparing for the game from uh, KenPalm.com, a lot of different stats, and one that they have is experience. <clears throat> Richmond's 20th in the nation in uh, experience. They start four seniors. Kentucky's 230th, and typically that's where, where Kentucky is in terms of experience. But I thought the disparity really showed up there yesterday. Um, Keon Brooks' absence, I think, was uh, particularly noticeable in this game, not only from a, a stats standpoint where he could have helped them, uh, maybe hitting a three or two, um, and then with uh, Jackson and Saar having some offensive struggles, maybe he could have uh, helped there. But the other thing is just his uh, – Leadership, I think he is most definitely the leader of the group. So hopefully they'll get him back uh, soon. Don't know if it'll be in time for the Kansas game tomorrow night. Uh, but Kentucky was 0 for 10 on threes. Richmond made seven, most of them in the second half. 21 turnovers for the Cats versus only five assists. 20 of 33 at the free throw line. So just a, a lot of uh, negative stats. Uh, Coach Cal did not do post-game press conference that had been announced before the game, but uh, he did join us uh, for a few minutes on the U.K. radio network, and uh, here was his recap. Well, the first half, um, you know, missing free throws and some easy buckets, you, you, you should be up 10. So now all of a sudden, you know, the second half starts, and again, inexperience, missing some baskets, and they get up, it showed me we don't know how to play in that kind of game. you got to give Richmond credit. They're veterans. They're experienced. The, may, the shots they made late to break the game open are what experienced players do. But we missed 13 free throws. We go 0 for 10 from the three. Hard to win games that way. Indeed it is. And uh, he talked about uh, that saw some selfishness. And I think that's uh, kind of understandable, given that self, some selfish play on the court is usually a, a lack of trust in your teammates where you think, well, I need to take over here because I'm, I'm the best hope for us. And that trust comes from playing together, which 
this group hasn't done. And uh, uh, admittedly, most of, of Cal's teams are quite young, but usually they've got some um, guys that a uh, few guys that have played together most years. And uh, they, again, is where you don't have uh, Brooks out there that uh, uh, brings a little bit of that uh, experience. But the the uh, the fact that they have so many new faces means that this was always going to take a little time to develop that trust. Um, and it's, uh, you know, I think they still have tremendous, tremendous upside, but just understand there are going to be a few bumps in the road because of that. And we saw one of them yesterday against uh, an experienced quality opponent in Richmond. Uh, and the as far as the three-point shooting, I asked Cal if he thought this team would uh, ultimately be a good three-point shooting team. I hope so. I hope so. But here's what it is. When a guy's open for a three, you got to give it to him. You know, we caught one at the foul line, and Davion's in the corner wide open. We caught one drive, two guys on a guy, Davion's open. You know, and, and then again, if everybody's trying to make their play, you know, it looks stagnated. And we, we just got to we'll watch the tape. We'll try to fix some stuff. You know, it ain't going to be easy. We got a, another tough game in two days. We got Kansas. That's tomorrow night, 9.30 Eastern time in the Champions Classic. Uh, a little different broadcast setup for Mike Pratt now that uh, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, tomorrow. But um, that's what is next for the Wildcats. And then after that, they'll uh, get a struggling Georgia Tech team later this week on uh, Sunday afternoon. Kentucky football, a rough day. As expected, uh, really, down at uh, Florida, a team that's uh, number five or six in the country, depending on which poll you consult. So, uh, obviously, it was a tough ask in that uh, environment against the team playing as well as Florida is right now. Kentucky uh, hung in well in the first half, but the punt return seemed to be the back the back breaker for the Wildcats and uh, the Gators. Opened it up in the second half. Bad news that uh, came out of the uh, post game was that JJ Weaver, who's Kentucky's leader in tackles for loss for the outside linebacker position, suffered a torn ACL. Uh, he tweeted out a, a positive message yesterday that, about uh, coming back next year, and um, so that was good to see. But uh, they won't have him for the South Carolina game this Saturday, which is going to kick off at 7.30 Eastern time. That uh, was established yesterday. Kentucky set as a 13-point favorite in that game coming up Saturday night. UK women beat Belmont 70-50. to Adriana Edwards with 27 points and 15 boards for the 11th-ranked Wildcats. And that gets us to our uh, first break. We'll get uh, more into the football game against Florida when we come right back on our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Edition of the Leach Report from the Wild Eggs in Hamburg. They've got covered seating out on the patio and uh, more expansive here uh, than uh, the other location here in Hamburg. So lots of seating here and uh, heated as well out on that covered patio. So you can still come here and enjoy your Wild Eggs. They've also partnered with DoorDash for delivery. And you can call and do curbside pickup too from Wild Eggs of Lexington. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Wild Eggs in Hamburg as Freddie Maggard joins us here on the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report. I mean, this is three top ten teams out of the last four games for Kentucky. Uh, the outlook wasn't good going into that stretch, but uh, obviously there's not a, a whole lot of uh, positive vibes to come up with right now. Yeah, and, and That's your challenge? <laughs> that, yeah, that's my challenge. Uh, yeah, you, you play three top ten teams uh, out of the last four opponents. And plus, you're hit with the with the COVID uh, issues yeah, at the worst time. At the worst time, and uh, you know, dealing with the loss of John Schlarman during that time as well. But yeah, it's been a challenging stretch for Kentucky. But Tom, I thought I thought the Cats outplayed Florida in the first half. 
yeah. offensively and defensively. I, I thought Kentucky outplayed Florida. Uh, they, they both had 175 total yards at, at halftime, and uh, you had the unfortunate special teams error with the return punt by Kadarius Tony to make it 14-10 going into the half. But prior to that, I, I thought Kentucky outplayed Florida. No, I, I think you're right. Um, and, you know, if you uh, don't give up the punt return, then at worst you probably go in 10-10 to and yeah. maybe, maybe go in with the lead. If you could have gotten the first down on the third and one, yeah. you could have you know kept the ball and, and gone in with a 10-7 to lead at halftime. But the punt return seemed to be a, a backbreaker like the pick six was down at Alabama early yeah. in the third quarter the week before. And uh, I was talking to you off the air uh, while we were sitting here waiting for the show to start that this is a, a team right now that um, – is still battling. You yeah. saw you know, the way they played in the first half speaks to that. But I think um, it doesn't take a lot of adversity to cause them to have their spirit be broken. Yeah, it, you know, look defensively, I thought Kentucky played good enough on Saturday to beat Florida. Yeah, to put you in a position a shot. to beat Florida. Uh, two special teams plays cost fourteen points. Yeah, take that off the board as twenty to ten, whatever. However, but. Um, you had the the uh, fake punt for a conversion, and then 56-yard touchdown to Kyle Pitts. That's going to happen. Then the punt return. Then Kentucky had three penalties on, on special teams as well. So uh, it was a tough day that, in that aspect. Much like against Alabama, Kentucky comes out in the first half, plays extremely well offensively, 126 rush yards, 13 first downs. Um, that's pretty good. Two out of three in the red zone and really dominated time of possession, which is meaningless to these days in the, in the modern-day SEC. Second half, 46 total yards off 21 plays. Florida dominates that second half and comes out with a win. Florida goes on to have 243 total yards off 36 plays, 170 yards passing. Florida wins the game 34-10. And right now when Kentucky gets really very – very far behind where you're having to, to get away from what your game plan was, they're not very that, – that, that is not a good look for them well, in those uh, must-pass situations. Uh, against the Gators, Kentucky averaged 3.3 yards per pass attempt. Um, 3.7 per carry. So when you have average more yards per run attempt than pass attempt, you're not going to make it up when you're third and eight plus. Yeah. And also when the score gets two, three scores out, and you're averaging 6.2 yards per completion compared to 12 yards for Florida, that's a tough way to make up ground once you get behind. No, it just uh, it doesn't happen. You look at the math, and it's yeah, it's not going to happen. Mark, Mark Stoops' comment after the game, I think it was Larry Vaught asked him about the offensive performance in the second half, really the last two weeks. He said, basically, that's losing football. Yeah. I mean, you can't uh, – he, he, it doesn't take a genius to, to, to know that that's, you can't win – with that level of production. No, and then, and then when you're on the road as an underdog, uh, you can't have penalties. Yeah. Kentucky, in the second half alone, had eight penalties. For had seven. none in the first half. Yeah. Eight, can't speak into your first half. Yeah, eight penalties in the second half for 74 yards, had turnovers, and had special teams errors. Those three categories you cannot have and expect to, to, to beat an opponent that is a top five uh, team like Florida. Having seen now Florida and Alabama, the likely combatants in the yeah. SEC championship game, uh, put those two side by side. Who is it? Is it Bama on top? And if so, how wide's the gap? I think Bama beats the brakes off Florida. 
to be quite honest with you. Uh, defensively, I, I, Florida is, is good, but not a great defense. I agree. And, and that, That's kind of what I thought, too. I was looking for your confirmation. That I thought Bama's a lot uh, better. A, a whole lot better. Uh, I do think Florida will score points, though. Yeah. I, I really do, because I think Kyle Trask, even though his numbers were, were down for him, they were great. 21 to 27, 256 yards and three touchdowns. He was having 350 pass yards a game, so numbers were a little bit down for him because he didn't need to throw the ball that much. Tremendous Flo- tight end in Pitts. Tom, he, <laughs> you know, I said in the pregame, I thought Alabama's he, are good. That's one area where Florida does <laughs> yeah, have an edge. Yeah. I, I thought he was a combination of Gronk and Randy Moss, and that, he did not <laughs> That's good. play yeah. that. He is, he is outstanding, the best tight end that I've ever seen play college football. Really? Yeah. I can't think of another. 6'6", 240. See, he, 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 he's uh, a tight end, a wide receiver playing yeah, tight end. But he worked on it. I was impressed with his blocking. He worked yeah, on Jeff, his, Jeff said the same thing. Yeah, he worked on his online blocking, and, and he was impressive there as well. So uh, he is. Uh, if he hadn't missed those two games, you would have had a tight end in the Heisman race. And I, <laughs> that just shows you the skill level that Kyle Pitts has. Let's get to a break. We'll come back. We're on location at the uh, Wild Eggs in Hamburg for our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report. Freddie's on location with us. We have guests on the phone. They come to you via the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. It's the Leach Report Radio Network. And from the mobile Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. It's the Wild Eggs in Hamburg, where we are based for our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report. Today, Freddie Maggard is uh, on site as uh, we uh, chat a little bit about Kentucky and Kentucky football and uh, the, the loss at Florida we've been talking about. Uh, next up is South Carolina to close out the regular season. The Gamecocks got uh, thumped by Georgia on Saturday with uh, an interim coach, uh, Mike Bobo, at the helm. They're number 12 against the run. Georgia ran for 332 yards on 46 carries. Um, the Kentucky gets Chris Rodriguez back, we assume, this week, and um, that is certainly a, a big plus. Kentucky struggled in third and shorts down at Florida on Saturday, so Rodriguez, if nothing else, would help in those situations. But uh, give me an early preview on Kentucky, South Carolina. South Carolina, offensively, Kentucky's going to have to stop three players. It, it, well, here's the deal, Tom. If We don't know what South Carolina is going to look like on Saturday because opt-outs, injuries, COVID list. Uh, the, the Gamecocks are really, really down in personnel against Georgia. May get some of those players back. But if not, based on the Georgia game, Kentucky will have three players that have to deal with offensively to slow down or stop South Carolina. Kevin Harris running back. Just picture this. He's Chris Rodriguez with 164 carries instead of 88. Uh, he, he's Chris Rodriguez. He's big. He's fast. Almost 1,000 yards. 14 touchdowns. True freshman quarter or freshman quarterback Luke Doty, athletic, tough, fast, mobile, will put a lot of pressure on Kentucky on the edge. And he's going to be better with a week, another week of yeah. under his belt. Eighteen to twenty-two, one hundred ninety yards and a touchdown against against Georgia. Very good football player and tight end Nick Muse. Eight eight catches, one hundred thirty-one yards and a touchdown against Georgia. Those three players are South Carolina right now. Now defensively. Carolina's down a whole lot of linebackers and defensive linemen, and thus Georgia just ran it straight at South Carolina. I mean, there were holes in there between the tackles that a, that a truck could drive through. If Rodriguez is back, this is his type of game to go 150-plus 
to give Kentucky a chance to beat South Carolina. Yeah, and that's, you know, Kentucky held the ball for over 22 minutes of the first half on Saturday, but just didn't do a lot with it. Same uh, the first quarter of the week before down at Alabama. This is a, a team you ought to be able to, uh, their defense isn't as good as those two, obviously. Right. You ought to be able to, uh, as they did against Vanderbilt, come away with points when you drive the ball down the field. Yeah. Another player for South Carolina, Shy Smith, a, a dynamic receiver, six, 54 catches, 600 yards, four touchdowns, missed the Georgia game. He's in concussion protocol. We'll see if he comes back and plays against Kentucky. That would give Doty an additional weapon on that side of the football. But, but there were so many absences on that South Carolina defense that it, it is really hard to evaluate. You had offensive linemen move and play defensive line. You had defensive backs playing offense. I mean, it was, it was a strange game that obviously Georgia dominated. But South Carolina does have some nice off- offensive weapons in Harris, Doty, and Mute, the tight end Muse. I think, it's, uh, I think there's a big difference between – Three and seven and four and six. Yeah, uh, finishing absolutely. finishing with a loss, uh, finishing with a win would yeah. be a big plus. Plus, um, as I was telling you uh, earlier this morning before we started, um, I look at uh, Kentucky's schedule every year. You have four non-conference games, and then the next, I look at a group of five teams that you're going to play every year, which are four in your division: Vanderbilt, Missouri, South Carolina, Tennessee, and then your permanent West opponent of Mississippi State. And if you can win four of those five pretty regularly. Uh, that's where you need to be. That's your formula for having a, a floor of seven, preferably eight wins a year. If you go five and zero against that group, uh, you know you're you're getting uh, even uh, better. And if Kentucky beats South Carolina, they will have gone four and one against that group. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, not having the non-conference games, I, I think, really hurt Kentucky uh, yeah. to get into a rhythm, especially offensively, as, as we've seen the passing game just struggle for Kentucky. Uh, so hurt that hurt pretty badly. I thought Missouri was better than I expected. I really like that quarterback Brazelak. Yeah, and, he was and, nice. And Eli Drinkowitz has that program right now at, at what five and four, four and six, four, like, no, four and five. Four, I think they may have a winning record. Do they? Okay, yeah, look that up. Yeah. So and it blew out Vandy on Saturday. Yeah, I think you know Missouri's better than, than expected. Kentucky could have played better at, at Missouri. Yeah. Let's just be honest with you about that situation. But, uh, yeah, uh, Louisville is struggling. So if Kentucky had those non-conferences, get some momentum, maybe that would lead to some optimism and, and, and strengthen that Kentucky offense. Second half of the show when we come back. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. It's the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Edition of the Leach Report. Freddie Maggard is here. We're coming to you from the Wild Eggs in Hamburg. They have covered patio seating here as well as their Palomar locations. You can still come and eat in. Now, we're set up at our normal spot inside the restaurant where they can't have customers right now, so you don't hear any of the clanking of forks and uh, plates and things that you would normally hear from the crowd here at Wild Eggs. But just outside on the patio, and it's an covered, expanded patio here in the Hamburg location, uh, you can still uh, eat here at the restaurant. You can also uh, get delivery. They've partnered with DoorDash. And then Wild Eggs has a curbside pickup as well. And that business has been well throughout all of this pandemic. So they're very appreciative for all of you that uh, are doing that. And just whether it's Wild Eggs or, or somewhere else, if you're uh, getting food out, just it, try to help out the restaurants as much as you can, especially the ones like Wild Eggs that are Kentucky 
based operations and uh, tip a little extra. It's the holiday season, good reason to do that anyway, but especially at this time to add a little extra to the uh, tip for the workers who are struggling. Um, Freddie Maggard is here, and um, talk about a couple more things uh, football-related. Um, one, it was we were talking about J.J. Weaver's injury during the break, you and I, and he uh, tore his ACL, so he'll have a surgery at some point when uh, the swelling cools down, and then um, hopefully he'll be back for uh, next fall. But Josh Paschal in that game yeah. um, played himself into cramps. It was a high-humidity day down in Florida, but he played himself into cramps there in the fourth quarter. And then after the game, he's out on the field. We're, Jeff and I are up in the booth. We see him down on the field thinking, oh, it's cramps again. And then I see the cart come out, and I'm like, oh, no, it's something worse. And then Gabriel was still down there. He said, no, it is, it's still just cramps. But they were so severe that he had to, they had to send the cart out to take him in. But the point being is here's a guy in a season that's been disappointing. Uh, for you know what he's gone through in his life, and uh, the cancer and all that was wow. played himself into such severe playing so hard that he cramped so severely. So, yeah, Josh, salute Josh, to him. Josh Pascal is what you look for in a leader of a football team. I mean, he he leads in every aspect on the field and off. Uh, but he he played well and played hard. Yeah, he did. And, and I could see. You know, you go to Florida in in November. It's weather's a little bit different than it. I'm obviously looking outside. Of the I'm snow. all for going to Florida in November. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to just see them on the schedule there permanently. Yeah, but Josh plays. I, I thought the defensive line played its best game of the year. Really against Florida? Yeah, I thought uh, uh, Phil Hoskins had uh, five, four, five tackles, tackles for loss, tackle for loss, half quarterback sack. I thought he played extremely well. Yeah, he and was our, uh, player of the game on defense. Yeah, Quentin Bohanna didn't have a lot. He had one tackle for loss, but I thought he did did a good job. But overall, I thought the defensive line played their best game against Florida. The other guy who continues to play very well right now is Keaton Upshaw. Absolutely. Averaging almost 13 yards a catch, uh, 13 receptions, 162 yards, three touchdowns. He is uh, his star is rising, and uh, tight ends hurt South Carolina uh, against Georgia. Uh, so possibly we could see some more of Keaton Upshaw uh, against the Gamecocks. He was uh, at an issue with a couple of drops earlier this season, but he made a very contested catch did. for that touchdown, and I he think did. Uh, has gotten uh, very. Uh, Comfortable, yeah, uh, much more comfortable now. Uh, it looks poised to maybe be set up for a, a big third year. Yeah, absolutely. Especially after watching Kyle Pitts and what he did in that football game, and and and, and you know, players can watch and learn from other other uh, from opponents. And, and Keaton Upshaw, I think the star is rising for him. And it's unfortunate about J.J. Weaver's injury. Uh, he was, I thought, he played an extremely uh, a good game before the injury. And he has really been coming on strong throughout the season, and uh, wish him the very best in his rehabilitation. And, and hopefully, hopefully that comes out well. He has six and a half tackles for tackles for loss for the season, and I think he is another rising star for Kentucky. Uh, Vandy fires uh, Derek Mason. Not yeah. a, not a surprise certainly because they haven't had a lot of success, but. Um, yeah, you know, it's the Vandy job is, is has more challenges than any in this league. Yeah, and uh, when they came in and played Kentucky, I was impressed with their freshman quarterback, uh, a very young running back Henry Brooks that uh, uh, was very impressive. They had a young receiver, I think a true freshman receiver. So um, I, um, I don't know Coach Mason. I know uh, Mark Stoops is very uh, they're they're good good friends, but um, you know if. Uh, 
I'm a Vandy fan. I'm not sure that's the the right move. He he's actually got some young talent yeah, there that they might does. have a, a much improved season next year. Yeah, and, and, and Vanderbilt has bat- battled COVID probably more than any yes, other team a, in, in the league uh, uh, this season. And, and I think Coach Mason is a first class individual. I really like him, respect him mm-hmm. as a, as a man and as, as a football coach. But that job is so hard. <clears throat> I mean, the facilities are, are bad, bad stadium. The commitment to football is not there. And it's become much more of a pro town, so you have even more of a battle yeah. for fan support. And then and you bring recruits in on, in a normal year, and say if a recruit's there visiting, watching Vanderbilt play Kentucky, Kentucky's got 25,000 fans. Vanderbilt maybe have two, 3,000. Yeah. That's got to be tough to recruit to. But I agree, the nucleus is there. Ken Seals is a, is a good freshman quarterback. And I'm really, really impressed with Keon Henry Brooks. Brooks, I, if he's at Vanderbilt next year, I will be very surprised. Think of transfer? I, well, I mean, he could. Yeah. South Carolina uh, is looking for a new coach as they come in to play Kentucky this week. Saw Neil Brown's name uh, mentioned there. Um, Don't do it, Neil. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, <laughs> I think that would be a a, a bad move. Yeah. Uh, uh, because I think that's just a really yeah. with where Clemson is now, mm-hmm. and then. Your permanent West opponent, I think you said, is Texas A&M. Yeah, so even you know, there's uh, that is a it's a, one of those jobs where uh, I'm I'm not sure the the fans are realistic about who they are. No, I don't think so either. I mean, realistically, you start the season 0 and 4, Clemson, Florida, Georgia, Texas A&M. You're going to be 0 and 4, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, it's, then it's, you, it's hard enough in your division when, yeah. when you have you know Florida and Georgia like yeah. Kentucky does, but then when your West opponent is who it is, and when you've got Clemson as a non-conference. Yeah, and then you've beaten Kentucky one out of five times. Uh, you know, I, I do I do agree. I think South Carolina thinks higher higher of itself than the actual situation of the program, and and that's a tough job for any coach to have. Steve Spurrier had success, yeah. but uh, you know there were some there were some programs down. Vanderbilt had success with James Franklin, but there were some programs down in the East during that time. So, uh, yeah, tough job. Those are two tough jobs. What about having seen now, while we're talking just SEC in general, having seen uh, Mac Jones, having seen Kyle Trask, and yeah. the others that are out there, uh, who do you think gets the Heisman? Does it come down to the SEC championship game? <laughs> That's a great question. Right now, if I had a vote, um, <coughs> I would have to vote for Mac Jones, even though, uh, you know, uh, I think Kyle Trask is is most likely a better overall quarterback. But Mac Jones, with those numbers, with the number one team in the country, it would be hard not to vote for the Alabama quarterback there. Isn't fate, the twists of fate, aren't they interesting sometimes? I mentioned this on the broadcast uh, Saturday with Kentucky and Florida playing. When they played in 2019, not only did we not have – coronavirus in in our uh, world but that we were dealing all dealing with but after three quarters of that game kentucky's up 11 looks like sawyer smith looks like a rising star coming in in relief for an injured terry wilson throwing the ball all around very impressively in that game and uh, nobody knew who kyle trask was and the fourth quarter plays out and um Kyle Trask leads Florida back, and Sawyer in that game broke a wrist making a tackle, and that ruined his season. And then, uh, so now 
Sawyer's the fourth string QB at Kentucky, and Kyle Trask is yeah. the Heisman contender. Yeah. And just think of after three quarters, just a little over a year ago, yeah. how much different it was. Yeah, and then Kyle Trask never started a high school game. He, ah. was, he was behind De'Eric King there in, in, in Texas. Comes to Florida, sits behind everybody, <laughs> and finally gets his shot and takes advantage of that. But, again, he was the luck of the draw, Kyle Pitts is there. Kadarius Toney is there. Uh, Grimes is there. I mean, all those offensive weapons for Florida. And Dan Mullen is a great play caller. Yeah. It's like uh, a little bit like Ringo Starr. You walk into the recording studios, Paul yeah. McCarty and John Lennon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's the luck of the draw sometimes. We'll take a quick break. Uh, we'll come right back. Freddie Maggard's with us. It's our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report on location from the Wild Eggs in Hamburg in our mobile parks pump and shop studio. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at Tom Leach KY. Our producer is always on the ball. A little Beatles discussion there. And he didn't know how good he is um, with picking that particular song and getting by with a little help from your friends. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, tweet that Freddie Magger just liked from J.J. Weaver. Yeah. Since you liked it, I'll let you read it. Oh, Lord. Is I'm, it there? No, it's not here. Okay, I'll read it then. Man, I don't even know where to start. This year may have been the hardest of my life. My father got killed, and I just found out I have a torn ACL. They say God gives his hardest battles to his toughest soldiers. Happy 21st birthday to me. Man, that's tough. That's tough. He's, he's, had, a, he's had a challenging year. Uh, wish J.J. nothing but the absolute Absolutely. best in his, in his rehab on his knee and, and just, just the best overall uh, for J.J. Weaver. He's, he's a rising star, and I and, uh, can't wait to watch him develop down the, down the road. And uh, kudos to uh, a friend, Gene Wojciechowski, who did just a beautiful on, yeah. uh, feature on John Schleimer. It's about six minutes long. You can find it on on the Internet somewhere. Uh, this was on College Game Day Saturday. Yeah. And uh, uh, his wife, Leanne, uh, spoke in the in the feature. Um, and they had co- comments from the uh, um, – players and coaches and you know there was a scene where jeff and i were in the end zone for the memorial uh we're behind the backs of the players as they're sitting there waiting to go up and and talk and they all these offensive linemen that went up and talked were all wonderful just speaking from the heart but you see the camera shot from the other angle like from behind the speakers was where that angle was from and you see i think it was drake just his head buried in his hands and that was the monday of the week you played alabama yeah so, that's tough um it's been a, a disappointing year yeah and uh and i understand fan frustration and it's yeah. and it's there's nothing wrong with it it's it's you know justified uh, the disappointment the frustration etc but um they uh i think it's uh, uh they have had to battle a lot more than just the coronavirus, which would be enough for most teams. Absolutely. And I think that's why Saturday is so important that these seniors get sent out the proper way, uh, especially all the seniors. But that, that offensive line group, uh, what they've gone through, I think uh, I think that, that, that the Big Blue Nation needs to send them out with appreciation and gratitude of what they've done because they provided a whole lot of really good memories for, for fans like us. And, and also needs needs to be sent out with a win, yeah. uh, a win against South Carolina, 
uh, would ease some of, of those issues, some, ease some of the pain that these players have gone through uh, to have a win against South Carolina. Yeah, to finish on a, on a feel-good moment would be would be nice for them. Um, mentioned J.J. Weaver's birthday. Uh, happy 92nd birthday to <laughs> Joe B. Hall. Yeah. And I didn't realize we had uh, a former uh, award winner yes. in, the, uh, in connection with Coach Hall in, in our presence. Here. Yes, you're looking at the, uh, I think, sixth, seventh, seventh grade uh, Joel B. Hall basketball camp most valuable player. Team. Oh, my my goodness. There is a picture somewhere. So I heard, you know, we knew you played football quite well. Yeah. We heard about the baseball pitching record, but basketball too. Yeah, my sister's actually looking for the picture that I have with Joby Hall. Oh, that'd be neat. Can yeah. I sign that for you? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, I grew too much and got a little, <laughs> yeah, a little football strong and... <laughs> The basketball shooting touch kind of left me after that. Uh, that's a cool memory, and uh, uh, Coach Hall's just uh, a wonderful guy. And uh, it's nice that uh, you know o- over the time since he stopped coaching, that he he got a lot of the appreciation and accolades that he uh, didn't get enough of during the time that he was coaching. Yeah, such a great representative of the university and the Commonwealth. Uh, yeah. I love Coach Hall. He, was this the camp at Lexington Catholic? Yes. Yeah, I went. Th- I, I went to, to that too. I've got the certificate somewhere. Yes. Um, and then a buddy, <laughs> uh, one of my best friends, um, was chosen for the 101 committee of 101 drill team. Oh wow! That came out of those camps. Yeah. Where and they would perform at games. If, if we're dating ourselves here, but uh, they. Uh, Fans that are as old as, as me can remember this. There was this team of uh, uh, young boys that would go perform. Uh, think of what the you know the firecrackers yeah. perform at the basketball games. So they did that with basketballs, dribbling <laughs> displays. My buddy could spin a basketball on a you know on his finger, transfer it to a pencil, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, um, and that came out of the Joe B. Hall basketball camp. Yeah, I went every year, uh, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. That, that was uh, <laughs> those are great memories. Uh, uh, yeah, meeting Coach Hall, especially where I'm from. You know, where UK athletes and coaches were mythical figures. Yeah. You know, that was before the internet, before every game was on television and, and all yeah. the access. I mean, it was it was a life thrill for me to meet Coach Hall. Well, uh, Mr. MVP, I know you've got to go be Professor Maggard now. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I've got well, math class at 1030. <laughs> so we're going to cut you loose a little early. Let's <laughs> go right. uh, take care of that business. And uh, we'll see you next Monday to wrap up the regular season. Okay. Thanks, Tom. That's Freddie Maggard joining us, as always, here on the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report. From the Wild Eggs in Hamburg with uh, their expanded patio seating, it's heated as well. And... Um, you can uh, come out still and dine at Wild Eggs. You can get their uh, food delivered via their partnership with DoorDash, or you can order the curbside pickup. Uh, we are going to get to our final break, and we'll come back and wrap up this edition of the Leach Report after this time. We're back for our uh, final couple of minutes here on this Monday edition of the Leach Report from the Wild Eggs in Hamburg. Um, one other historical note on this day, 1974, Kentucky beat Northwestern 97-70. to What was the significance of that? Well, it was the debut for the freshman class of Jack Givens, James Lee, Rick Roby, and Mike Phillips. That's a pretty impressive uh, foursome there that would go on to lead Kentucky uh, back to a national championship in 1978, that 75-year um, 
those freshmen were a key part of a team that made it to the national championship game. And interestingly, the next year, uh, Kentucky won the NIT in 76 for Coach Hall when that winning the NIT meant uh, uh, was a significant achievement. There were only uh, conference runner-ups, a, f- a few of those that were going to the NCAA at that time. Um, so anyway, that but the, uh, Corey Price, who does the uh, a lot of the uh, deep dive on stats for UK Athletics on Twitter, he put out one yesterday that it was a, a game in 76 against Georgia, the last time Kentucky had a rebounding advantage as great as it did yesterday and uh, didn't win the game. So it has... Uh, has happened before, uh, but this is all talking about some of these basketball notes from from that era because it's uh, the ninety second birthday today of Coach Joe B Hall. So um, if you uh, got his number there from Roger Harden's tweet a few weeks ago, uh, send Coach Hall a happy birthday greeting today. Uh, we did an interview with him a couple of years ago about the December. 24th game that Kentucky played up at Illinois in 1983. Only time Kentucky's ever played a game on Christmas Eve. And why they were playing a road game on Christmas Eve, I have no idea. But they did play it. It was a great game. Kentucky won it in a last-second shot. They had to have substitute referees. Uh, they uh, couldn't get uh, their flight back home because the weather was so bad. So they had to uh, get a bus ride home. And we talked with Coach Hall about all of that for about a half hour. And we played it last year on, uh, for our Christmas Eve show. We'll do that again this year and uh, play that interview and uh, you know, just uh, hearing him tell some of those stories is uh, such fun. Uh, so a very, very happy birthday today to Coach Joe B. Hall. Uh, tonight uh, we'll have, I think, a doubleheader on the Coaches Show in the U.K. Network with Coach Stoops at 6 and then uh, Cal at 7. And Cal has a media session coming up here shortly to preview the Kansas game tomorrow night. That'll tip at 9.30 Eastern time. Uh, Mike Pratt and I will be doing it from a remote studio over at uh, U.K. tomorrow as we uh, are visiting radio, road crew, radio crews are not uh, permitted to travel to um, road games this year. So... Uh, we'll be doing them, uh, anything that's not in Rupp Arena, we'll be doing it from this uh, studio that uh, we will um, have set up tomorrow night for that broadcast at 9.30 Eastern Time as uh, Kentucky will be in the bounce-back mode and uh, looking to get one against Kansas to offset the upset loss to Richmond yesterday. Coming up tomorrow, uh, we'll have Larry Vaught, of course, and uh, more to preview the Kentucky-Kansas game. So we will see you then here on the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow The Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leachreport at gmail.com. See you next time, right here on The Leach Report.